Yeah, still people uh, texting through on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736 regarding Junior Rioli's decision to request a trade to Port Adelaide and also the statement that's been released by the West Coast Eagles and Trevor Nisbet, the CEO of uh, the Eagles, uh, really almost showing his frustrations in that statement, says we could not have done any more to support Junior. We facilitated his appeal and subsequent return to footy. So this decision is, in inverted commas, bitterly disappointing. Um, Just John Woodvale, by the way, says... While I respect Junior's decision involved family and if his heart isn't in it uh, for the Eagles, that's fine. What uh, I didn't like is the way he went about it, according to John of Woodvale. You can join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line anytime, 0487 736 736. Just regarding the Jared Berry situation, the last we had is, and this is only a couple of minutes ago, the AFL Tribunal has retired to consider the charge against Jared Berry for making unreasonable or unnecessary contact to Clayton Oliver's eye region. Uh, The Lions have relied upon character evidence from Luke Hodge and the testimony of a neurosurgeon to try and clear their player. Uh, Scott Pendlebury, uh, the star player and leader for the Magpies, said this on the Berry incident a bit earlier today. Yeah, I sort of seen at the time and it is. Yeah, I feel for him because it's when someone's got the, their elbow in your head pushing you into yeah. the ground. Yeah. I know if I was in his shoes, you're trying to grab or do whatever you can. It's almost like you're trying. You know, when you're a little kid, you're trying to pull him over you and get yeah. him in a headlock. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if I'm it looks to me, really. Nah. But I just thought he was trying to grab like jumper, hair, whatever you can because you, and I've heard people say eye. like, um, you know, he knew exactly what I was doing there, and I was like, yeah. let me put my forearm in, <laughs> in your yeah. in your in cheekbone, your, drive yeah. it into the ground, and then see how calculate. You like that little kid, you know, when you get pinned by you your just older brother, you just yeah. get that rage for mm. you. You just want to whatever you can to get him off me. So Scott Pendlebury on Melbourne Radio this morning regarding the Jared Berry situation. So we'll bring you up to date. Uh, by the way, St Kilda tonight are conducting the Trevor Barker Award. That's officially underway. Now, we've got a St Kilda supporter in our production area, Jimmy Williams. Who's going to win the Trevor Barker medal tonight for the fairest and best player at the Saints? And Jimmy reckons Jack Sinclair by the length of the Flemington Strait. Good on you, Jimmy. Big St. Kilda man. Yes, uh, blame his dad for that because his dad was a big St. supporter from all reports. Uh, okay. Um, hi, Peter. Can't blame Trevor Nisbet for the way and the club uh, feel about Rioli leaving uh, and hope they can play hard ball and do what's best for the club going forward. Good on your lease there from Ellenbrook on the temperate bedshed text line. We're going to give you a full wrap-up of everything else that's happened in sport a bit later on, uh, where Tom Rogic, the Socceroo, who played with Celtic with distinction, where his new club is. So we'll bring you up to date with that. We'll also... uh, a significant signing and a new name at the Perth Wildcats will feature that, plus so much more. So don't go away. Stay with us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, all brought to you by Toolmart, the complete tool centre. So we've covered Rioli. Let's cover Luke Jackson now. And joining us from the West Australian is Craig O'Donoghue, leading at sports and footy writer. Craig, thanks for your time. No worries, Pete. It's a busy day, isn't it? There's a bit going on. Yeah, and we'll talk about Luke Jackson in a moment. But firstly... Your summation on season 2022 for the Fremantle Dockers after bowing out on Saturday? 
pretty much what they would have um, hoped for as a ceiling, I reckon, as much as they would have loved to have gone into a prelim to play in their first final series since 2015, win a home final, and then well, I don't think any of us expected them to walk into the MCG with 90,000 people there and play Collingwood and win. Um, they weren't as competitive in that game as they would have liked, but winning a final in your first time uh, as a club back in the finals is, is a significant achievement, and it's a real stepping stone towards their goal, which is to win a flag by 2025, and I think this was exactly what they needed to do. They ticked all of the boxes along the way, and it's a real success for them. Yeah, were you surprised by Dale Alcock, the president of the Fremantle Dockers, coming out uh, a couple of days ago and reporting that maybe next year they could win the flag? I think there might have been some emotion in Dale Alcock's interview with Braden Quartermain in the West uh, after the game. Yeah, he spoke to him in the room. Um, the emotions certainly would have been flowing through everyone at that point. But th- th- they deserve to be confident because we've seen that all it takes is one really good year where everything comes together. We're seeing it with Collingwood at the moment. We're seeing it with Sydney at the moment. Um, if Andrew Brayshaw just goes another level next year, if Caleb Sorong goes another level next year, and these uh, forwards are like Michael Frederick and Lockie Schultz have another really good year, well, who knows what can happen? You just need to win the close ones to get into the top four. And if you do that, which they didn't do this year, they lost that one to Richmond. Oh, they drew that one to Richmond, sorry. Um, they lost another couple, which they could have maybe won. And you go, well, maybe if they had won those, they'd finish fourth. They, they could they get an extra home final, and suddenly you're in. So um, all they need is a little bit of luck to go from fifth to fourth, and, and that, that is a possibility next year. So who knows? If they can do that, they, they could be in a position to win a flag. Yeah, and the big question is, will they have Luke Jackson? Of course, today, one of the biggest uh, AFL Open secrets of the season was some what confirmed with uh, Melbourne's Luke Jackson requesting a trade home, not to Fremantle, but to Western Australia. Does that leave the door open, in your opinion, for West Coast to swoop? Because after all, they've got better bargaining power when it comes to trade picks. Yeah, they definitely have better bargaining power when it comes to picks. I don't think they have better bargaining power when it comes to money, though. So I think it's a real tactical decision by Jackson in terms of saying, I want to go home to Western Australia, because then he's leaving the door open to say to Melbourne, well, if if you don't allow me to go to Fremantle, I can walk through the preseason draft and go to West Coast because they'll have second pick in that. So I think that's a really smart move. We know West Coast have picks 2, 20, 26 and 38, whereas Freo have picked 13 and they don't have another pick until the 70s. But what we know is that they've had a lot of discussions with Jackson throughout the year. There's a big seven-year contract on the table, which he's known about for a long time and would happily accept. He's living down that way um, throughout his entire life with his family and he's bought a house in Shelley. Uh, So we expect Freo to get some picks when you think that Lobb and Logue and Tucker and Akers are all being discussed as moving out and Lloyd Meek and Liam Henry. So when you get six names there, that's plenty of picks that should come through, which will give Fremantle some bargaining power to work with to trade their way up and then hopefully be able to satisfy Melbourne for what they would want, which would be two first-round draft picks. Um, I think it's more a negotiating tool to say come back to WA, but he will really be focusing in on wanting to get to Frio. You're saying that's probably been in the pipeline for a number of months, and I gather Fremantle being very strategic on what they've offered existing players, knowing that they have been at the low end and knowing that some of them may look at going elsewhere just to free it up because, as they say, and as you rightfully pointed out, it's a seven-year deal reportedly, and he could fetch up to $900,000 per season. So out of the ones that seemingly want out or have no option other than to get out, who's going to be the biggest loss for Frio, do you think? 
I don't think any of them are massive losses. I, do, I think Logue is the one who they would uh, miss the most given his flexibility. He can play forward. He can play back. So if Alex Pierce gets hurt, they would miss him then because of his ability to go back. Um, he's not a great forward, but he, he gives them an extra person in, in attack. Uh, in terms of the others, Akers is a wingman. They can find another player to play that role. Uh, when you look at you know, Lloyd Meek, obviously it looks like he'll he'll be out the door, but they're bringing in a ruckman, so Meek wasn't going to get really an opportunity. And Lob, as much as he's played well at times this year, hasn't ever really proven that he's a genuine bona fide premiership winning key forward. So they need to find someone who, who can be that sort of player. I think Amos is looming as that player in a couple of years' time. So the picks that they get... For those players, if they're between 20 and 40, all of them combined, they might be able to trade their way up uh, with a combination of picks to get some better players, uh, get some better picks, which will get them the player that they want, which is Jackson. The question is, will Jackson become an absolute superstar, or is he a, a slight ruckman, a slight forward, and not really sure which one he's best at? Will be the really interesting thing for his development. Yeah, and he's been just a bit off in the last few weeks. One wondering whether the the weight of expectation has even affected his on-ground performances in recent times for the Melbourne Football Club. We were discussing last night on my program that it could be even up to a dozen uh, Dockers on their list moving on, the likes of Connor Blakely, you know, Sam Sturt and others that have been playing predominantly for Peel Thunder. All of a sudden, they need to maintain the depth of Fremantle because there is some good WA talent that'll be available, of course, uh, with the draft later this year. So how do they compensate, do you think, for so many players possibly leaving him and leaving them a bit shallow? Yeah, Sturt's an interesting one. He's one of those guys I think that they need to keep. Blakely hasn't been able to be, uh, get his way into the team for a couple of years. So those sorts of players, and maybe a Collier as another example, you wouldn't mind moving on because they're the sorts of players which you can replace in the, in those roles. And we, they'd like to get Johnson in. They'd like to get Erasmus in to give them more opportunities and whoever they end up drafting uh, this year as well. So I'm not overly concerned if they, if they, with the guys who seem to be ready to walk out the door because you want elite talent to get you up into that premiership uh, window. And we've seen what's wrong and Bracewell and these sorts of guys are doing it at the moment. If they can get more of those guys in rather than overall depth, you want to have 28 to 30 guys you know you can pick from. Once you're starting to go into those guys who are ranked beyond that, then that usually means you've had an injury-riddled season and you're not going to challenge for a flag anyway. So I like the idea of going for a bit more top-end talent and instead of having the overall depth where you can call upon you know, pick the guy who's ranked 33 just to help you fill a role midway through a season. Yeah, Craig O'Donoghue from the West. As we let you go, Craig, the other thing, and we've sort of discussed it uh, very much openly to a certain degree, not knowing whether there's any definitive uh, seriousness about this, but Peter Bell, I was watching on the couch last night, and John Ralph there in Melbourne came on, and they threw him the question about the North Melbourne CEO, and he was pretty confident that Peter Bell is the man they're searching. So even though the Dockers may lose a few players, will they lose their head of football, do you think? It's a really interesting position for Bell to make a decision. If he wants to be a CEO long-term, then here's his chance. And it is the club that he played for. Uh, he, he won premierships at, at North Melbourne. But he's also in a really interesting family phase of his life at the moment, you know, with, with his kids and his schooling. We know it's not easy to move when you've got kids who are at school. He may view it as this is the perfect time before your kids get into the sort of year 10, 11, 12 sort of time and, and go now rather than waiting three years. Or he may want to be settled and stay in WA and try to win a flag with Frio. I think one of the things that 
would be really challenging is you turn around and you say, I'm not going to win one if I go to North Melbourne in the next couple of years, but, geez, there's one sitting here for Freo at the moment in a couple of years' time. So it'll be, it'll be a challenge for him to make that sort of decision, but it's not easy to get a CEO's job. So um, big decisions for Belly. It doesn't mean that uh, just because North Melbourne want him, they're going to get him because we've seen in the past. They've wanted a lot of people, and mm. it hasn't worked out for them. So it hasn't necessarily been a destination club until suddenly Alistair Clarkson arrives. I'll tell you what with Belly, because I've worked with him, of course, for a number of years at 6PA. He doesn't stay in one position too long. He went from, of course, 6PR to the ABC, and then, of course, he got involved with the Fremantle Dockers. I reckon he gets itchy feet pretty quickly, Peter Bell. So we'll have to wait and see what happens regarding the North Melbourne position as well. Uh, Craig O'Donoghue, appreciate your time, mate. And uh, no doubt this week's going to be a very interesting one as we await certainly a few players coming out from Fremantle in particular saying they want to be traded to uh, certain clubs in the East. Thanks for your time today. No worries. Have a good day, everyone.